0: Greetings to all of you who are part of the Home Run Club. I again am grateful for all the kind support, uh, donations at year end, prayers throughout the year as we do the Ministry of Winning at Home. You help us do what we do. We are trying to do it more and more clear and bring in bringing honor and glory to the name of Christ, and we are so grateful for your partnership. Today, I'm going to share with you a message I shared recently about praying together. If you've ever listened to me speak over the course of the last many, many years, I believe that couples praying together makes a serious and significant difference for the kingdom of God. And in this speech I shared live with a group at a church, I talked a lot about why I do it, why biblically it's something that Jane and I have implemented into our marriage and the difference it has made for the kingdom of God, and for us as individuals. So I'm going to share this message with you in hopes that those of you who are married will consider again diving deeper in your prayer life together because I believe it creates a unity and a bond that can only be found in the Lord. And it also releases all the cares of this life, which we all have many, into the hands of Christ. So I pray it will encourage you as you listen to this little message talking about the joy and the privilege of praying together. It's going to be fun to talk to you tonight. But normally, you know, when you start something like this, you'll say, who's been married the longest? You know, who's been married the shortest? We're not doing that. What I'm going to say, who had the last argument? Anybody here have an argument on the way to church? Hey, look at the hand. Put your hands up. Be proud. Be proud. Did you? Did you guys? No. She just, did you guys? Somebody here? She's saying no. He's saying yes. Well, they're having one right now. Current. That's current. That's awesome. Life is filled with that. If you don't have those, you're not normal. And so tonight as we come together, as we talk about spiritual intimacy, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, We're going to share some thoughts about how you can work through those sort of things. And then you guys can figure that out later. Right now in our society, there's a lot of chaos, a lot of upheaval. And I don't say that just because it's a cool thing to say, it's really true. I could go into Walmart tonight and say the wrong word and get a group of people fighting with me. You can make a political statement, get yourself in trouble. You can make a sexual statement, get yourself in trouble. You can make a church-related statement, you seven step in trouble. It's just a, a kind of society right now where things are on edge. And I want you to know that living in that, it's kind of like the lobster over there at Red Lobster right now. If that lobster's thrown in the water, slowly gets cooked, doesn't realize it's changing. And I want to tell you the same thing's going on, I think, with us. Tonight, some of you, without even realizing it, you're pretty tired. If you've got young children, you're tired you got teenagers you're tired if you got no children and you're adult kids you're really tired I'm there I I thought that parenting my young kids you know was really busy and it was tiring but mentally parenting kids that are 38 down to 30 it's tiring it's tiring somebody said amen so wherever you are in life all this stuff that we're facing in our world throws anxiety, tiredness, all those things that go at us, and that affects your marriage. That affects how you're doing. You can be on edge with your spouse and not even realize it. And tonight what I want to do is I want to take you back to the thing that way back when the Lord began to call me to be a a pastor that speaks on marriage and family, it was, Dan, when you go somewhere and speak, talk about the importance of praying together, having spiritual intimacy together. If you've heard me speak much on marriage, you may have heard me share that thought. And the reason is, is because it's so foundational for you to be solid in the world we live in. I'm telling you that I believe, Jane and I celebrated 40 years this year, and I believe that we've been able to stay married 40 years because we pray together every day. Literally today, we prayed together. We'll pray again together tonight before we go to sleep. It's just a part of who we are. And without it, I really don't believe I'd be married. And I'm going to tell you some reasons for that tonight. And so if you've come here tonight and your marriage isn't in a good place, this is going to be good stuff for you going to be a good thing for you to take home and practice and I'll tell you the benefits of it and the thought of praying together like it's very scary for some people I'm sure there are some of you here who pray regularly with your spouse and it's just no big deal but others of you just the thought of it it brings some anxiety on you you would say something like this what would I say like if I were to pray with my wife what would I even say I mean she's the godly one in the home that's a typical man's statement my wife's more godly than me. I can attest to that. Her prayers are better than mine. So if I said to you as a guy, pray for your wife, you'd be like, I know that sounds really intimidating. However, if I flipped that and said to the average guy in the room, hey, I really want you to go home tonight. And I really want, I want you to take your, you know, I want you to have sex with your wife. You get a lot of amens. There's a lot of, not a lot of intimidation in that thought. It's like an average guy, if I said to him, feel more comfortable having sex with your wife or praying with her, he is going to pick sex. He is going to pick sex. So when I bring that concept, especially to guys and say, I want you to pray with your wife, I know their thought is, I'm uncomfortable with that. And I just say, well, think about what you're saying to me. You're telling me that you're very comfortable with her being totally nude and you nude and doing that, the thing you did last month, talked about last. If you're right here, I guess there were some videos from a pastor or something. But anyway... You're very comfortable with that. But the thought of praying with her gives you the heebie-jeebies. I would just tell you, you're focused on the wrong thing first. The body will pass away. The body will not last forever. The spirit does. So tonight, I'm taking you to the spirit. And I'm going to tell you that if you begin to pray together, if you begin to seek the Lord together, just talk to him together it will do things in your marriage I'm going to share 10 of them with you tonight 10 benefits of you being a person who just prays with your spouse before I go to those though I'm going to talk about what it could look like so a person sitting in here tonight who doesn't pray with your spouse you do not do that you don't even know what it means let me give you some thoughts on that in the car on the way home tonight you just reach your hand out and say hey can you hold my hand for a second God, thank you that we got to go to church tonight and hear some things about spiritual intimacy. That was a gift to us. Amen. Don't make it hard. You get home tonight. You're laying in bed together. Hey, baby, take my hand for a second. Lord, tonight we bring so-and-so in our family before you because we know they're going through a hard time right now. So we pray you'd bless and help them and help us too. Amen. It's not hard, but it has to be intentional. It's not natural for us to walk into a room and just go, hey, let's pray. At the meal it is. (laughs) Why do you do that? Because you intentionally pause a moment and pray. So I want you to start letting other times of your day bring Jesus into that by simply talking to him. Jane and I talk to the Lord every day, and we pray. I actually do the prayers most of the time. Sometimes I'll say, Joe, I'm really tired today. Would you mind praying? Oh, no problem. Every day, I hold my children and my grandchildren to the Lord by name. Every day. So I went to one of my kids' house, and I went in and saw him, etc. It is so fun. A little nine-year-old grandson put my hand around his head and said, Hey, dude, I prayed for you today. I don't know what that means to him, but I know that way down in his heart, probably at least someday when he's 30, he'll go, I remember Papa saying he prayed for me every day. It's a good memory for him to have. In a chaotic world, an arm around his head saying I prayed for you probably sends a message of peace. There are so many benefits to this thing we call prayer. And I just want to tell you, in the world we live in today, we need to pray. We need to pray for God's guidance, God's protection, et cetera. So what I want to start by saying is don't make it so hard. Like, like if you say, well, Dan, you know, I, I think prayer should be 25 minutes. Okay, well, go ahead. I'm probably not going to do that. Jane and I usually pray, and I would tell you there are times we pray longer if we're going on a trip or you know by the beach or something maybe, but in general, our prayers are a couple of minutes or less. I'm not trying to do some extended crazy thing. If you want to do that, that's great. If we want to do that, great. I'm just saying, don't put pressure on yourself. And you're looking up here going, yeah, but you're a preacher. Don't, please don't do that to me. I'm a person. I'm a person just like you. I got family issues. I got things I'm trying to figure out in my life. What better place to go to that with that than to the Lord? Like right now, if I said to you, can you guys name a couple of things in your marriage you're dealing with? Could you name one or two? Okay, take those to the Lord. He can do things that you can't do. And he asks us to have spiritual intimacy with him. He tells us, pray to me, talk to me. So the first thing, I'm going to give you ten reasons we need to do this. The first one is you're obeying Christ's command. The benefits of praying together is you're obeying what Christ asked us to do. He asked us to talk to him, to pray to him. He even taught us to pray. I'm going to share a little bit of that prayer tonight. I was just telling them. I've been thinking about the Lord's Prayer. It's something that Jesus taught us. And in there, you know he has that line where he said, And give us this day our daily bread. In other words, Jesus said teaching us to pray, just ask God in heaven to be with your day-to-day. Give you what you need today. We spend, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'll just talk about me a second. We spend a lot more time, I think, thinking about what we need tomorrow than giving thanks for what we already got today. I honestly would tell you in 2022, the average Christian's prayer ought to be something like this. Lord, give us today our daily bread This is by the way we live. I'm not saying it should be. I'm telling you this is the way we ought to pray based on how we live. Lord, give me today our daily bread and add a little surplus if you don't mind so I have a security net. That's how we pray. That's how we live, I should say. And maybe we should just go ahead and pray how we live. Jesus didn't pray that way. Jesus prayed, God in heaven, provide what I need for today. Honestly, I was, t- I was telling Tim and Rachel, if you knew somebody who literally lived every day, just th- that's all I need, and now I'll ask oh, the Lord to give me for tomorrow, we would look at that person and go, are you crazy? But that's how Jesus lived. He didn't have a bank account. He didn't have a surplus. Paul, who carried the gospel all across Antioch, Athens, etc., he lived day to day. That's why Jesus said, ask me for today. And today, what does your marriage need right now? Forget about tomorrow. What does your marriage need tonight? Talk to him about it. You're obeying his command because he taught us to pray. Did you know that 2% of church couples pray together? 2%? 2%. Studies have been done like crazy. And I've shared this with you before. The odds of divorce go from about one in three in our society. It's what it is right now, about one in three couples who get married, get divorced. The odds of divorce, if you pray together, the st- all, all the surveys and studies have been done on this, the odds of divorce go from one in three to one in like 1,052. In other words, a, a room this size, if we go home and just pray together every day, odds are pretty good none of us will get divorced. And we don't do it. We don't activate it. Now, if I was doing a sex thing, like was done last time, and I said to y'all, I want y'all to go home and I want y'all to have sex. I don't think anybody hardly at all would fight that. I don't. We're in a a hyper-sexualized society. We're not in a hyper-spiritualized society. And we're affected by what's around us. And I'm telling you today that the spiritual part of your relationship is the most important part. And I'm challenging you to begin to pray together. Simple. A word or two if you have to start that way. But asking the Lord to be with you as a couple. It's such a simple thought. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. We all go, I can look at your faces going, really? They brought him over here to tell us this? Yeah. Because we don't do it. We don't do it. So I want to go through some of these benefits. The first one is you're obeying Christ's command. The second thing I wrote down is it creates unity in us. When you pray together, probably, like I said, you reach. Can I take my hand a minute? Let's let go ahead that unity. The psychologists tell us that a, that a wife needs eight to ten healthy touches a day. <laughs> Guys, healthy touches isn't, hey, babe, what's up? That's not a healthy touch. Because there you go, did it, did it on the way here. No, it might be the argument. That's not what we do. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you that those 8 to 10 healthy touches, I, I can promise you the ladies in the room today would see praying for her as a healthy touch. She will take that. In all my years of doing this little talk about praying together, I've only had one woman, she came up to me afterwards and said, I do not ever want my husband to pray for me. And I said, oh, that's interesting. I've never had that. I had her tell me why. So maybe there would be one in the room. But in general, wives would love to have their spirit prayed for, and it creates unity. When a husband is praying a blessing over his wife, don't tell me that doesn't create unity. Feel loved. Feel cared for. Feel touched, feel nurtured spiritually, emotionally. First is obeying, second creates unity in us, third is this it unifies our love and care for our family. Um, Jane and I have, you know, seven grandkids, four kids, and spouses. We always have something to pray about. The course of the day, there's always a text or something coming in that we go, We need to pray about that. I mean, it happened today happened today a kid sent a text to jane i was over on the side of the house i heard her i said hey what was that she goes oh so and so i said ah oh, let's stop let's pray a minute do you see do you see what's happening right there i didn't even think about it till just now but it's unifying our family it's pulling our family together in prayer they don't know about all this stuff but jane and i are unified praying for that kid that's a beautiful thing And so often we hear these things going on in our family. Yeah, we probably should stop and pray for that. No, stop and pray for that. And I also would tell you, I'm real big on the thanksgiving side of that prayer too. As God answers prayers, give him thanks. Pause and thank him. We're so good at going, hey God, another need, another need. Hey, hey, need some need, need some help over here. Then when those things happen, we're like, well, yeah, well, we deserve it. No, no, it's just God's blessing that he heard us, helped us. And I just, I just believe that praying together creates that love, that unity. The fourth thing I wrote down is marriage communication improves greatly. Let me explain this one. When Jane and I began to pray together, I'm, I'm a sports guy. I love to watch about any sport. I'll watch shoot. I'll watch anything. I'll watch volleyball. I, you name it, golf. I mean, ba- basketball is my favorite. So any, any sport. Well, when Jane and I started praying together, I remember getting myself into a discipline of saying, okay, we're going to do it, and here's when we're going to do it, because we go to bed at different times. So I said to her, we're going to pray together every day, and our kids were younger then, and this is when we first started, and I said to her, we're going we're to pray together after we put the kids to bed, and when you go to lay down in bed, because she usually went to bed earlier than me, I said, when you go to lay down in bed, I just want you, wherever I am, just come and go, Hey, babe, I'm headed to bed. She, I said, come tell me that. I'm going to come in with you. That's how we're going to start this discipline of praying together. I felt like the Lord had laid on my heart that I needed to start doing this with her. I was a pastor. I traveled out the country and preached. And maybe you've heard me tell the story, but we were driving home from Grand Rapids. We had went to one of the nice restaurants in Grand Rapids, and we're driving home, and she is complimenting me. She is saying, Dan, I love, I love it when I get to go where you're speaking. You do a great job speaking. I'm just driving in the car going, hey, well, thanks, babe. Thinking I'm going to get lucky later. She's in a good mood. <laughs> and... Then she said, I, I tell you what else I love. I love how you pray with people at the altar. I said, well, thank you, babe. She set me up the whole time. I didn't know that. It was subtle. She's like, I love how you pray with people. I'm like, thank you, babe. I appreciate you so much, honey. I appreciate that. And then she said this. Right after that, she said this. Do you think there will ever be a day that you pray with me like you pray with the people at church? Holy Christmas. As a zinger. I was like, well, maybe I'm not going to get lucky. I mean, it's just like, that is not good. And, and I really contemplated that thought a lot. Like, I spent a lot of time. I didn't just react and go, yeah, I'll start praying with everybody. I started going, wow, that's the picture she has of me. I'm a spiritual leader to others. Hmm. So if I died, she would say something like, yeah, Dan, Dan was really good at praying for church people. He never prayed with me, though. It's kind of embarrassing. So I remember it was that year I began, I gave her a Christmas, I gave her a gift, and it was a little box, that she thought it was a ring, but it was just a little note saying I'm going to start praying with you every day. I got her back. So, um, <laughs> but I started praying with her every day. We prayed together every day for 30 years. It's just part. If we didn't pray together, it would be like we didn't take a shower or didn't calm, it, it, didn't comb our hair. Hello, but I, I uh, just—it's part of our life. It's just part of our life. It's built into our DNA now, and it's why we're still married. And so on this particular day, after she had told me all that, I said, "Okay, I got to get this discipline." I said, "So what we're going to do, babe?" I said, "Because we—we I got to be intentional." I said, so when you start to go to bed and you're going to lay down, tell me I'm going to come in there and pray. And I remember on this particular day, uh, you know, I, normally I'd go in and pray with her. A couple minutes, done. Go back to whatever I'm doing. There was a football game coming on. I'd been waiting so, looking forward to so much. but Almost the kickoff time. And she walked in, put her head through the door and said, babe, I'm going to bed if you want to come pray now. I was like, oh. Like, I was telling you, that's why I was thinking. You know, that's not very spiritual. Correct. <laughs> and she's like, you know, come pray. I was like, sure. Oh, man, it's about to kick off. I've been waiting for a couple weeks to see this game. And um, so I went in. I was really wanting to go quick. And I remember I went into the bedroom, and I, I, I pretended like I was not in a hurry, you know, it was slow, all cool. Instead of going, you know, I didn't walk in real quick because that would be a red flag right for her. You know? <laughs> he ain't coming in here to pray with me. So I walked in real smooth, smooth every debonair. Hey, babe, let's pray a little bit, you know. So I, she's laying there, and I pray a little blessing over her prayer, and I give her a kiss. And, and, and she's literally, I'm walking out of the room thinking, I got it. And she said, babe, I really just wanted to talk to you about some stuff tonight. And I was like, oh, my word. Seriously, seriously. God, you know this is a big game. It really happened like that, man. It was, it was like, shoot. And I went back, and she began to pour out her heart about a couple of things that she wanted me to pray for about. I don't know where. In the point of, of being on the bed talking with her about that, I don't know where it changed, but something just kind of went, mm, focus here. And I prayed over her. We spent at least 30 minutes, I recall, that night, talking, praying, etc. A long time. Long enough that I forgot about the game. Like, I, I literally told her this story later. She said, you covered that well. I didn't know you were wanting to get back in there. I said, oh, bad. But you know what's really interesting? If I step back and think about it right now, that was a night when our marriage communication and our intimacy level went to the next level because I I made her actually a priority over that stuff. That was the night that that changed for me. After that, I never struggled if there was a game coming on or something. In fact, she would even, you know what's really changed? Listen to this. She would come to the door and go, Babe, I'm going to bed, but if you're about to watch something, I'd be like, No, it's okay. I mean, do you see what happened here? She didn't have to fight for me. I didn't have to fight for her. And I don't remember who played a game. I don't, don't even care. But I still remember the importance of that prayer that night with Jane. Our communication connected at another level because I made her a priority and And there would be plenty in the room tonight who would not recognize this about yourself, but sometimes there's something that gets a priority over your spouse. It better always be God, and then after that, it needs to be your spouse, and you need to connect with each other at deeper levels. And this is how that, it was a practical little moment, living everyday life. None of y'all were watching. I was in my own house, my own TV, my own life. I'm not doing anything I shouldn't be doing. But she definitely was not the top priority that night in my home. Until the Lord changed that. He changed in my heart. I will look at you and tell you sports are in their proper place in my life now. I love to watch sports, but it's not the most important. Like, my, my mood doesn't change if my team wins or loses. It's in its proper place. And that used to not be true. And this was one of the things the Lord used to break that hold that it had on me. And our communication became better that day and better over the years, and it started because we prayed for each other. If we didn't pray for each other, I don't know if this would have changed. I'm a sports guy. I love love my teams. I I think it's possible I would still care too much if they won or lost if this kind of thing didn't happen. And it's that quickening of the spirit. Spiritual intimacy is what changed it. A fifth thing. uh, It builds a genuine love for my spouse and me. You say, we've already said that. No, it builds a genuine love for her and me. Like, I start to see past some of the flaws. All of you in here tonight can tell me some of the flaws in your spouse. And praying together will help you get through some of those. I remember, um, (laughs) so Jane, if she was here, she's she's grandkidding tonight, so that's where she's at. If she were here, she would tell you that her biggest struggle in life is she can be really stubborn. Like she just, she can be stubborn. When she thinks she's right about something, good luck changing that. And that used to drive me nuts in our marriage. I would even tell her, you're just so stubborn, you know. The reason we're not getting along is you're so stubborn. Like she's going to go, thank you. You know, she's never, she's never... She never responded to me accusing her of that with a softness. And if you've heard me talk about praying with her, I, I, I remember praying with her. And, and one night as I was praying in our beginning times of doing this, I, I was praying for her in areas of weakness. I prayed for my areas of weakness, something you can do in your relationship. Lord, you know, I'm, and I list off a few of my struggles. And then I said, and Lord, this was toward the beginning of us praying. And I said, and Lord, you know, Jane can just, she really struggles with being stubborn. And you need to help her with that. And she actually snickered. She actually went. (laughs) And I said, did you just did you just laugh? And she said, I did. I said, well, you've never laughed when I brought that up before. And she said, you never were talking to the Lord before. You were always talking to me. And she said, you didn't say it the same way because you're talking to Jesus. Okay. Okay. That's a genuine love. See, that's caring about her as a person, not caring about who I need her to be for me. That's caring about her. She doesn't want to be a stubborn person. She knows that some of the DNA got passed on to her. And so we prayed about that. It changes the game with this kind of stuff. You will argue less because of this stuff. That's one of the things I want to tell you. The next one is it solves conflict. It's really hard to pray with somebody that you're not getting along with. You know, we, we would have times when you had a, I, I still can't tell if you guys actually had an argument tonight, but we had, Jane and I actually have had arguments. And, oh, I can remember needing to pray, and it's time to pray, and we want to finish our day with prayer, but I don't even really want to touch her right now. We were just disagreeing, that thing, you know, where you walk through the house, how you doing? Good, don't even touch shoulders, you know. <laughs> bless you have a good night you too and then when we pray together you know you got I got to touch her I mean I've had times where I'm like Lord I just I thank you for this lady it breaks that it's really hard you are not going. like God cares she is you know you're not gonna pray that way and so it it gets you through conflicts in fact, I would tell you, if you start praying together, the challenging day for you to pray with your spouse, if you get into a regular routine, is the day you're not getting along. Because you'll be like, no, I'll pray with her tomorrow. I'm good for today. We, I, covered, I covered a 48-hour period that last <laughs> It's, It's just human nature. So to go ahead and pray together breaks down barriers. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And if you daily do that, you keep the wall from forming. You know, one day becomes 50 days. And you solve conflict when you pray together as a couple. I've I've literally seen it happen in me because I can't pray mad. You just can't pray mad. You have to soften. You say, that sounds like surrender. Correct. Correct. The next thing I wrote down is great role modeling for your kids. I got to tell you, some of my greatest moments are times where the kids have walked in on us, you know, or even the grandkids now walking in and say, oh, Grandma, Grandma, are you guys praying? Yeah, we were. It's okay. Come on in. I mean, what a testimony if your kids catch you praying together. I just think it gives them stability. Mom and dad, wow, they're connecting. Wow, they're talking to God. Seven-year-old can't really get that. But seven-year-olds become 21-year-olds, become 30-year-olds, and they'll have that memory of a mom and a dad who prayed, of parents who prayed together. I'm telling you what I'm talking about is not happening in regular society. I'm just telling you it's not. You're not regular society. You're people who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. There ought to be something different about us. The next one, and this is a big one. I was talking to Rachel about it as we were sitting here having dinner together. It releases my control of my family to God. I want to tell you that I'm discovering at the age of 62, I'm discovering that life is about releasing control of my life to God. We don't even see how much of life we try to control. And when you pray, you're saying, Father, thy will be done. And sometimes I'm not going to like what it appears to be as your will. But I release control of that believing that you have the best interest for me in mind. And I stand here today as a person who's been through some hell on earth. And I had to release control of children to the Lord. And honestly, it's some of the most pain I've ever been through. But it got me to a way better place as a person. And Jane and I prayed many nights for a wayward daughter. And it was painful. And it hurt. But it made me deeper. Because I really did give my daughter over to Jesus. And when you pray together, you release that control. Because I I, I didn't pray things like, And Lord, now here's what I want you to do by midnight tonight. Lord, I don't know where Anna is tonight. Breaks my heart. But you can see her. You see her right now. I don't know where she's at in the world. I don't know where she's at. But, Lord, look down on her. She's your kid first. Take control of her life. Please, Jesus, please. I'm begging you. And help me let her go. Because this is killing me. And it's in letting her go and releasing control. And honestly, like I say, the more I age... Like right now, I'm trying to, winning at home, the ministry, I, I want to speak, I love preaching, et cetera. But the day-to-day stuff, I'm trying to pass it off to eight different leaders who are handling different aspects of the ministry. It's not easy. It's not like, a, oh, this big, no, it's, it's challenging. But I want to do it well. Here's why. On the last day that you have on this earth, you will release control of your own life to the Lord. So, I think all of life is preparing for making sure on that last day you go something like this. I'm good, God. I'm ready to go. I've released this world. My mom is my role model in this area. I remember being with her um, in South Carolina. She would die the day after I left her. I said goodbye to her, and I had to go to a speaking event, and she blessed me and told me to go. And she was dying. And her last, I said, Mom, last word to me. And she said, Son, I have done all I can do for Jesus on this earth. I am ready to go. That's release. Done. And all of life prepares you to be able to say, I'm ready. And the more you hang on, the more you try to control, the harder it gets. So tonight I would tell you, as you pray, if you're dealing with something in your marriage, in your family, Lord, we release it to you tonight. We're not going to carry this. This is not ours to carry. It's yours because you're God. Release that control. Prayer has helped me and Jane release control of our family to the Lord. The next thing I wrote down is that sexual experiences and experiments have escalated. That was last month, but I'm going to at least cover it for one point. So I remember uh, I began to pray with Jane. And then, um, and, then, and then one night I asked her about doing something sexually, and she went, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> and I remember saying to her, that's crazy, baby. You, you never respond that way to me. I said, usually it's a, um, you know, I mean, you're on board with this? She goes, yeah, yeah. I said, why are you so willing to do, like, even, I'm the creative one in our relationship, you know? Jane is, she's a math teacher. Her brain works that way. I'm not, I'm an artist. I'm a painter. I'm always coming up with stuff, you know? When I walk in the kitchen, I see the ironing board, and I go, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just different. I'm different. I'm different. And... So, so I said to her, why are you so willing to consider doing this with me? She said, oh, that's easy. I said, what, why? And she said, Dan, once you started praying with me, and once you started caring for my spirit, it was, it makes it so easy for me to want to give you my body. And I went, well, good Lord, let's pray. I mean, like, look, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like, what the world? Where have I been all these years? And I would just say to you tonight, if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. Most women, most women in our culture, okay, forget about just in this room, most women in our culture see men as predators. We're out on a hunt. The wives in this room, some of you feel like, yeah, yes, my husband is a hunter. He's always chasing me down. If you start praying with her, she sees it as, oh, he's not just wanting me for sex he cares about me it makes sense and I would challenge you to understand that when you love the spirit first the body I believe comes with that and I've seen that and experienced that in my home and I would just tell you I think it's a wonderful benefit and the last thing I wrote down was, we just we grow together. I mean, the reason you, can, you come to married life, I'm assuming, is because you want to grow closer. So I'm telling you tonight, I promise you, I'm going to come back in December, and I'm going to, I'm going to ask how many of you are here. Raise your hand. Are you here tonight. And then I'm going to say, how many of you have you prayed together? Since we were together last time, I'm going to ask you, did you activate this? Because if you come here and you listen to this and you don't activate it, I would just challenge you back and say, what is the point of coming? We do this so we can spur each other on, sharpen each other. I'm promising you I'm going to pray with Jane every day when I leave here till I see you next time. I promise you that will happen unless I fall asleep. which can happen. But I pray with her, and I plan on doing that. And I'm just really challenging you tonight. I would bet since last month, all of you in this room who went to the sex talk probably had sex. I will not ask you to raise your hand. But I would say a less percentage will go home and pray together. And that makes me sad because I want you to see the value of praying together. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have you take your spouse's hand and I'm going to pray. But before I pray, if you'd like to do it out loud, great. If you'd like to do it silent, great. But I want you to take a moment. I'm going to ask you guys in the room to pray a little blessing over you. Some of you out loud, some of you just by squeezing her hand, you're communicating that you're praying for her. Let's take a moment. Those of you who feel comfortable praying out loud, you men in the room, I want to hear your voices, okay, because that will make someone else more comfortable. So just for a moment, let's pray over our spouse. Go for it, guys, and I'll close in prayer in just a moment. And Lord, I thank you tonight for this little moment right here we can share. Special little time of just being able to be connected in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are, after all, ultimately spiritual beings that will return to you. So we pray that you would bless us as couples, help us to take these little thoughts and ideas and implement them in our marriage, help couples have breakthroughs in this area, and just thank you for this time we can share together. In your name, amen. So I hope you'll take some of these thoughts to heart today and consider this idea of praying with your spouse. Jane and I have been doing it, I honestly would tell you, over 30 years. And I'm so thankful because it has unified our love for our family, for each other, for Christ. And it's made a difference in, hopefully, our kids' lives and grandkids' lives. So I encourage you to do that. As we go through this month of love, this month of February, make sure you're unifying your relationship with your spouse even more. Those of you who are not married, uh, continue to carry this thought in your mind. Keep yourself, of course, unified to Christ. But down the road, wherever the Lord has you or prepares you, I pray it would involve and include continuing to seek Him in all that you do. Bless you much for your continued support, and may Christ bless you as you go through this month.